Right, this is Solid 60, episode 23. It's the 9th of the 9th, 2018. Uh, it should be Brooklyn 99 Day, according to Peter Stein. But uh, I'm just going to call it Sunday, which is probably the latest, uh, definitely the latest I've ever recorded an episode. I'm not going to redo this. I've started it. It's going to be one take and one take only. I don't have that much to talk about, so hopefully I don't bore your tits off, whoever out there is has braved the podcast. I do appreciate it. Let's get into it. I've closed all my Facebook tabs. I've only got a blank screen in front of me. I've got Iron Fist paused at, gee, halfway through exactly, 27 minutes and 27 seconds. I swear it was completely into, like random that, that that's how it worked out. Uh, he's just said goodbye to, I think it was his sister and their overacting brother. That's Danny Rand, of course, the, the titular hero, and uh, doing his thing. It's apparently supposed to be much better than the first season. I'm not seeing a huge difference yet, but uh, it is watchable enough. Not as He seems a bit more confident, like they've gotten rid of the whole whimpering, unsure, yet cocky, yet like he was just all over the place in the first couple of, at least the first half of the first season, and then slowly, like the character arc, Got him building up and building up, and then he jumped around and was in and out of our, uh, yep, Luke Cage, and of course the one where they got them all together, which was a bit of a letdown. But hopefully it's back on track and firing on all cylinders now that uh, they've learnt some lessons from the first season. He's using his actual Iron Fist, I think, in an opening action scene, took off the front end of a truck with it. So pretty happy with that. So as long as he keeps running around and using the powers that God gave him, or the dragon gave him, or whoever it was then I'll stay on board. Uh, hopefully I'll watch a whole bunch more by the time I do another banana split and I can review it with Jaden. We did already upload Sam Menzies' podcast that I did with him and Jaden, and it went really well. We didn't talk a lot about pop culture. It was pretty much just offensive humor and how it can go wrong online and all that sort of thing, but I still think it's worth throwing out there and I recommend you go have a listen. So there's that. We had a few arguments online since. My cousin and this Matthew guy is still having at it. I'm trying to just dial it back slightly. I've got a lot less patience, it seems, in the last couple of days with family issues. Finding it harder to see the uh, one of the kids, the younger one. It's just a nightmare trying to get hold of him. But i just got to hope for the best and it's going to get easier over the next few months and down the years. I mean, it should really, hopefully get a lot easier because the bond is strong and all I want to do is build on it and make him happy and it's the same with obviously Lewis managed to give him Spider-Man today I bought it yesterday (laughs) I spent more on him than Cecilia it was her birthday my sister not even sure how old she turned so that says a lot pretty sure it was 35 I should ask her but I was a little embarrassed Sean might know but yeah we all turned up and had a good time yum cha I was so full I shouldn't have even really had dinner just now, but it's just like one of those habitual things. It's seven o'clock or something, so we better do it. So we all enjoyed just sitting there with one of those giant 10-person tables where you spin the wheel and just have as many dumplings as you can fit in your stomach. And I think I went a few over, then the mango pancakes, and then the birthday cake and everything else. So, But we all had a good time, Uh, got to catch up, had a little chat with Lewis. Apparently he's been checking reddit out which i recommended last time so we'd have something to talk about i showed him a couple of clips on instagram hopefully he can jump on that (laughs) 
I said, why don't you have your own PlayStation account? Because he's playing Fortnite and his mum buys him those little uh, PlayStation money cards so he can get new skins, which I, I mean, he plays with his friends a lot, so that's cool. And I guess it's a way of differentiating yourself and having a little bit of individuality because I don't think you can customize them completely, but it does mark you out as a real fan, I guess, when you're running around because you've really got to put down the hard-earned coin to get some of those rare, unusual outfits. So, well, that's a step. From what I've heard from hardcore gamers, it's not really, it's cancer and all that sort of thing. But hey, I used to play, compared to at his age, I was maybe playing Sonic 1. I can't remember at what stage video games were at then. Nine years old. Well, all I have to do is think about what year he's in, year four. I almost had nothing at that point. I think it wasn't until maybe year six where I started with the Mega Drive. And yeah, no, there was Master System, Alex the Kid. There was a few basic games floating around, but nothing like the quality he has access to. And uh, a little jealous of that. There was certainly no online gaming with headsets. It was just your mate would come around and you'd pass the controller back and forth. And if you're lucky, you'd have two controllers and a split screen. Or one of those side-scrolling Street of Rage beat-em-ups. So fun was still had. He's really taking it to the next level. Hey, Um, Yeah, so good for him. The same as with Gabriel. Just come on, let's... Start doing a bit more stuff and hang out as even more, because that's, that's all I want. What else? I got paid a little bit more than usual last week, and hopefully next week as well, because of all that overtime. And that's going to put me on track to definitely pay off my car by the end of this year. I can't see it not happening. There's no reason unless pff, I wipe out in the truck and some random huge expense comes up. But uh, all things considered... I should be, by the end of September even, paid off with the car. And yeah, if, if stuff gets in the way, like I'm planning to go to Melbourne in October to do packs. Noel Wheatley, the social media manager or something for Bethesda, said he'd have me on board. So all I have to do is get my armor fixed. I'm still looking for someone to do that for me. I've had both guys that still talk to me uh, that are prop builders. Uh, recommend just going on YouTube and doing some tutorials. Not quite ready to do that. Because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with A, my dick stuck in a fan, and B, some very expensive armor being even more broken than it already is. But I suppose it won't hurt to have a look at what's out there and, and see if it's somewhat manageable. I know it's something to do with resin, fiberglass, getting inside the leg, uh, gluing it up to the. There's a whole piece that's come away, and I really need to get on top of that. And Wolf Lord, Wolf Lord works. LJ Schultz, I think his name is. He, yeah, recommended that just try and do it myself because he has got no time to help out, like don't do projects other than his own, which seems to be a common theme with uh, a lot of these crafty cosplayer types. The only one that I've managed to get hold of that's like, yeah, we'll do work for you is the, the great guys at what's Claire and Oren. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Christ. And they've got the pages. Now I'm going to have to open up Facebook again. I don't know if I'm really going to give them the correct title there might be some noise for moving the mic around because i've got it sitting right in front of me i've noticed that reduces the noise from the computer fan slightly so i'm doing the best i can uh, it does look ridiculously loud on the screen there there's a lot of spikes and red sections hopefully it's still easy enough to listen to i did half last week's podcast like this and then switched to the computer and uh, the volume level dropped like by a ridiculous amount. So 
I really need to make sure that I just think why not make it louder and then if it's an issue for anyone listening they can turn it down I don't think it's even though there's all these red sections when I listen to it again it's pretty clear like it's not all just ridiculously noisy hopefully that's the case again if I type in hench wench productions is her thing but the other guy Warren Tremont all I had to do is type O Facebook is clever He's from Scrap Shop Props, right? And he is the man. Uh, he's not making my next costume. He was like, that's really cool, but Claire's better with that stuff. And I talked to her the other day, trying to get some advice on the power armor, or at least wondering if she knew anyone local that could fix it. No luck there, but she, we did talk about the, the next project, which is a cyberpunk. It's 2077 outfit, and I'm pretty excited about that. And Oren would help with the uh, electronics. So they're going to get on to doing a uh, quote for me. That's the only other thing that might scupper my plans of paying off the car. If they're like, yeah, actually, we're going to do this right now, uh, but you need to pay us, you know, usually it's like half the amount to get it going. That could be a lot, going by the fact that he wanted seven grand at least for the Doom outfit that he makes. Yeah, hopefully it's cheaper to just do a jacket and some pants. But um, considering there was some prosthetics involved as well, and that will be tricky to get set up for at a random con. I'll have to find someone that can do that. There's plenty of prosthetics type people around. I know two off the top of my head, forgetting the names right now, but two that I could track down on Facebook. Cat Watson is one of them. The other one was like one of Varia's acolytes. They worked together at this makeup school. He was a big fan of Blade Runner as well, so he'd be right into the cyberpunk thing. So he'd, I reckon he'd be down for helping out. If not for free, obviously I'll have to pay, which is fair enough. I wouldn't. Um, just go like, hey dude, can you do, you know, spend a couple of hours on my face uh, just as a pal? Because we never talk really outside of conventions and stuff. So it's an expensive uh, passion, but I think it's worth, I really want to go down that route and see if I can pull it off. Another thing I'd need to do to make the look kind of work is actually start this fitness thing. I've done no running or BJJ or um, gym work since the last week. It's like I said, there was a lot of overtime and my sleep pattern is pretty all over the place. Tonight, I noticed I was feeling a little under the weather, walking around, just the stiff muscles and uh, just not the sore throat, but just like a weird head. Like, I don't know what's going on inside it. Uh, and not not in a mental way, just like a sort of fatiguey, uh, sore type thing, which I haven't felt for a long time. I was like, holy shit. I thought I couldn't get sick because everyone around me seems to be getting ridiculously sick. Uh, I'm just like, nah, you losers. I'm, I'm completely invincible. Nothing hurts me. Of course, uh, knock on wood, that's what happens. But I've still got maybe eight hours ahead of me before I have to wake up. And if I can get some rest in and uh, get back at it and be fine. Usually, I shrug it off by the morning, so fingers crossed. There's that. Uh, another friend on Facebook sort of deleted me recently, well actually a couple because I was trying to post in a group he'd added me to, Western Sydney Blokes and that's what got me, like unfriend me sure go nuts, but for no reason whatsoever remove me from the group just because he's an admin and I'd had no beef with him, there'd been no exchange of words at all, it was just like no I don't like you so now you also can't be in this group, it was this one of those Matthew Guy Nielsen having a go at everyone type threads and saying, oh, I'm just asking questions. I'm just playing devil's advocate. There's absolutely nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And calling, like, generations of uh, systemic and cultural oppression of basically anyone that's outside the normal 
sexuality spectrum. So I don't want to veer into using jargon, but essentially it was an article about how Marvel is introducing more LGBTQ characters and people of color and that sort of thing. And he's just like, oh, there's no, what got me? And up to this point, I've been like really careful to try and go, look, he might underneath all the hyperbole and like outright talking points somehow be coming from a genuine place of like a hit where he believes he's in the right and it's all just bullshit and all this concern about gays transgender and people of color is is actually misplaced and he's right and you know not that i think that's what i mean is i believe that in his mind he's he means well and it, it's this, if I just keep at it, I'll find a way to bring him around and go, look, there's another way of seeing it. But I just can't, he just seems incapable of empathy and incapable of seeing it from anyone's eyes other than his own. Like the whole, he, I mentioned, look, there's like 12 or 13 women in here telling you that you're wrong, that this priest grabbing Ariana Grande's boob is not great. Just because she hugs him afterwards doesn't mean she's perfectly fine with it. She's in a highly ritualized social setting. It's a funeral. She's not going to make a scene. She's just going to get on with her day and suck it up. And because uh, he's posting screenshots of, oh, look, they're hugging. She's perfectly fine. And uh, nothing was wrong. And he just obviously misplaced. And this is all uh, outrage over nothing. And there is a lot of outrage over nothing every day. But in this case, no, the dude fucked up. He even apologized. And that was enough for Matthew. He's like, no, we're all just getting out pitchforks and people aren't allowed to make mistakes and in this case no the guy really was a bit creepy about it and she tried to pull away and he pulled her back and his hand was on her breast there's no way you mistake that with a um a waist like they're two completely different things they feel different and uh i gotta admit i sunk a bit low and was like if they don't feel like sandbags and you know i had to reference 40 year old virgin but and you know the main thing was it was all these uh, I still do have some female friends on Facebook and they were essentially, and I don't want to be like the white knight signal virtue signaling guy, but it was somewhat heartening to see that pretty much every post I made in defense of Ariana was commented on positively by the girls and other guys. It, it was very much a one-sided, pretty much 20 on one in this case. And he, and he just, he was relentless. He just would not budge. There was something about lived experience. That's right. I was like, and I hated using the term because it was something Elizabeth used to use a lot to shut me down and go like, oh, you can't comment on this thread. You're not a woman, so you've got no say here. You know, these are our lived experiences and you've got absolutely zero to add, which I thought was taking it a little bit far. And I got sort of sick of, I just refused to get involved in too many of her threads now because it's like, as soon as I offer maybe a different take on things, it's like, well, you don't count because you're not a woman or why are you even talking here? And that, to me, is a little anathema to any kind of discussion. And coming from knowing what that feels like is why I kind of let this guy, I give this guy a lot of rope, basically. Um, and usually he hangs himself with it, so I don't have to do a lot of work on my own. And yeah, it happened sort of twice this week. In that case, the whole lived experience, he's like, well, yeah, but that's, you're saying I can't imagine what it's like to be a woman? Like, come on, man. You know, writers, he made the comparison to like writers being able to write characters they're not familiar with, like having female characters in their books and things like that, which, yeah, that's a, re- like, that's a different argument. What these women are saying is they've been in situations just like that one where a uh, older man in a position of power is taking advantage of that position 
and they'd feel uncomfortable and want to be not be in that situation. And in that case, that's not something that we as white men, not that race has much to do with it in that case, like they were both people of colour or whatever, but it's just that cliche of us being cisgendered white males going, oh no, we can totally imagine what that's like and all this drama is completely you know, over the top. Again, I do think this is one of those cases where even though she didn't come out and I think she wanted to keep it all about uh, Aretha Franklin, who had, it was her funeral, and I respect that, that she's just kept under the radar, and, and she came out, sung the song, she just didn't want to get involved, and that's fair enough. And that, that did make it feel a little bit awkward that everyone's speculating, but I mean, the guy apologised, and when it's that obvious, like it's on camera, like, what are you doing, dude? That makes it easy enough to call him out for it. By reflex, this dude, Matthew, was just, yeah, I'm going to totally... Uh, jump on the wrong side of this and there was nothing we could say to convince him otherwise so you had to let that go the other day something else came up about the lgbt characters it just went on and on and even good old mate roney jumped in and said look i had mates that used to run around and bash what they called fags for fun we didn't and because that's the weird thing matthew came up with well they don't mention married couples in marvel movies there's no championing of them that means they've got an anti-marriage agenda and it's like oh god because his logic is, well, they're not including married people. So, you know, if you're including gay people, that means you're working for their rights. Why not include blah, blah, blah? Like, it was just this weird, specious logic. And I could see what was wrong with it, but I couldn't quite formulate, A, how he got there. Like, I was so flabbergasted. I need to work on my debating skills, because I'm just like, I didn't know where to start with how wrong that was. Um, but Roney dismantled him pretty effectively. He ignored that, of course, and just carried on um, to the point where he said something like, and I could just go back to the thread, but I'm kind of over it now, and said, yeah, you can't... A group... I've got empathy, but for all people. I think it's silly to have empathy for just a small group of people because that's discrimination, which was the most... That, to me, I was like, wow, okay, you went there and you you just fucking lost it any shred of respect I ever had for any of the logic you might have tried to introduce to an argument because it was just it was so bizarre and far from anything that makes sense so I'm kind of gonna stop engaging too much with him because it's just it's like arguing with someone who is that fundamentally opposed to empathy and seeing the big picture and he's clearly just doing it for like, it's good to debate and sharpen your tools, but this guy's, I think he's just doing it to do that and doesn't care about the outcome. For me, if I'm on the side of something, I'm not doing it just to get better at debating. Like, I still want to believe in that side of things. I want to be open-minded. I'm, I'm arguing for this because I believe in it. Whereas this guy, he may believe in what he's saying, but it's very tenuous, his grip on reality, and it's very tenuous the logic that he uses like he'll just what i'm saying is he's so fixed on his position that he'll do all sorts of mental gymnastics and hypocritical statements just to stay in that side of things like i've never seen him change his stance at all on anything whereas uh i not remember an instance where i've done it recently either but i like to think i'm a bit more open-minded and if someone points out hey but what about this then i'll listen to it but yeah, I'm not being specific enough for this to be of interest, I think. So I'll move on to the fact was that Robert Deal jumped in on his side. Fuck it, I'm naming names. I like uh, 
been listening to this podcast by the machine, Bert Kreischer, and he just fucking names people. Sam Menzies, in a way, does that too, though I think now and then he goes back and deletes names. Yeah, but this guy, Robert, he basically jumped in with Matthew and uh, was kind of on his side for a little bit, for like a minute. And then another friend of mine, Shara, was like, oh God, for some reason, went through the dude's profile, found like pictures of his kids and was mentioning them in an offhanded way. Like, I can't believe you're a father, you're setting a bad example and all that sort of thing. In regards to Matthew, I was like, oh, I want to punch you in the head. But with Robert, I think it was the whole like parent shaming issue of like, if you're taking this stance, you're a bad person and a bad parent. And I know how that feels like when people have done that to me for just stupid spurious reasons and it's really that's a button you don't want to press so look and i this all happened while i was asleep so i woke up the next day all his posts i think had been deleted except for one or two but there must have been some nasty stuff there because you could only see what she was saying in response to him but not what it was it looked pretty one-sided so it didn't look great for her i mean she's young and, and gets really emotional she reminds me a little bit of um someone we've had on the podcast alex boyer it was when we had a ridiculously large group of people on Banana Split. Lucas, where did I get Alex from? Sorry, Lucas. Anyway, in that sense where it'll just go to 11 really quickly. So she started saying all this ridiculous stuff. He must have responded in kind, even though he's like 40-something. And um, yeah, I woke up to what was left of it and just said something like, guys, what the fuck happened? One of those memes, like what's going on in this thread? Let's all keep it as civil as possible let's not drag people's family into it and move on which i thought was kind of calling her out because that's obviously what she'd done but clearly a day or so later he must have uh not thought i'd done enough to defend him even though i hadn't seen what enough of it to be able to do anything and uh blocked me not just deleted me but blocked me and also uh removed me from that group that i was so happy to post it now and then so I thought that was a little harsh, but uh, he's welcome to do whatever he wants. I can't call him to account on that to a degree. Like, I can still have a bit of a vent about it right now, and that's maybe cathartic and healthy, If even if it's a little trashy to do it on here. But what the hell? It's not like a huge audience. I think there's like me and two or three fans at this point, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to feel too guilty about it. I don't think it's, uh, it's too, like, derogatory either. I'm sort of cotton-mouthed a bit here. I've heard that phrase. It was after a three-hour Joe Rogan podcast, which, again, I'm slowly trying to get back through those. I'm up to, like, the fourth one now, so only a 1,200 or so to go. But uh, he did mention after two hours, like, hey, we're getting cotton-mouthed. We really have to put the pin on this. Whereas I'm, like, 20 minutes into this, and, yep, already swallowing words. Basically, like, all I've got going through my head now is Cotton Eye Joe, that uh, grand song. And I'll sit upright. There's going to be a bit of noise. Yeah, that goes nuts. I can't hear it. I'm sitting here. I can't hear a thing. I play it back. And it's like uh, a wave crashing on the beach. Because I move my arm on the couch. It's good to have goals. That's that's beyond by 2020 having a deposit for a house. Um, another goal would be when I do have that house. I have a nice little room set aside for a studio of some kind. Because I've got to keep doing this right. So I might as well have a small room, maybe some soundproofing, sort out a baffle for this mic, and things will improve a lot. Maybe even come up with a structure beyond just talking about the shit that I've done all week. And sort of petty, trivial arguments I've had on Facebook and my hurt feelings. It's good to be able to address that, I guess, I don't know if it's childish or narcissistic, but that side of my personality 
and then step away from it and recognize it for as the ego driven I don't like the overuse of the word toxic but like maybe it's not always super healthy to be so worked up about these things um, so maybe just voicing it and hearing how silly it is out loud puts it in its place I'm like okay I'm really getting that worked up about some guy I barely know uh, we got along for a while that's part of it like it's not so much it wasn't an intense relationship but it had gone on for maybe three or four years online just back and forth little things here and there in usually a positive way like we'd never had a bad word to say to each other so that's why that was a little shocking um, I noticed two other people on the app pop up as deleted one that and funnily enough they both deleted me before and both times I'd gone back to them and be like hey what what's up did I do anything and they're like no no I was just freaking out and uh, cleaning house and feeling bad like Luke Candy whatever his name is um, basically had a bit of a mental breakdown and deleted everyone apparently so fair enough and uh, I'm not going to call him on it this time either that's just something I have to move away from if people need to do that then you got to let them go you can't knock on their door every time and go what's going on you're okay what did I do it just it's a little pathetic and needy so yeah the other one I'm not even going to mention she's a bit of one of those model looking cosplayers and yeah the same thing last time she delivered me I think it was a year ago I was like hey is, is everything okay and she was just like yeah yeah no sorry it was um had no idea I was just cleaning house but hey it, it was that kind of thing where I've just dropping dead wood that don't talk to me anymore but hey you said hi so that's a good thing I'll keep you on that sort of response and uh, I was like cool I did the right thing because uh, it confirmed my like a what's that bias confirmed that I should keep doing that at the time thought it was cool and it worked out but then what happened is months and months later when another person uh, did the same thing I heard about it third hand through Elizabeth that she didn't like that I'd asked about why and it was really creepy apparently so I'm like well okay I'd, I'm not completely 100% off the wall autistic but sometimes I'll miss social cues or can't put myself in some people's shoes uh, I'll try but and that's a good thing to do to try some people don't even do that but uh, a lot of the time it'll just go over my head that an approach may not be the best way to do it so hey at least I've learned that much now it took me however many years but and it's something I guess most people that are more well adjusted wouldn't even need to think about they'd just be like yeah you wouldn't do that come on I like to learn the hard way and there it is so there's some progress eventually so it was just weird it's it's like a trivial i guess there's some narcissism there and it reminds me of people like uh jim jones people are leaving the church i've seen a few documentaries there's been a couple of podcasts that's the one where everyone drank the kool-aid and just how upset he would get when people left he would lose his mind and lash out and uh get people to stalk them scientologists are a bit like that i think the guy that runs them uh, he, he goes nuts when people leave and has all sorts of blackmail material on them. And I don't want to become a monster like that. You can't, you've got to let people go. Try not to be as, I'm not passive aggressive about it in the sense that I'll never talk to them again, but there's still a bitter part of me that's like, well, fuck them. I'm moving on. Fuck those people. I'm not going to waste any energy on it. And all this sort of talk, when clearly that's exactly what you're doing, you're still wasting a bunch of energy on it, even by talking about it now. Um, but hey, it's a process. I'm working through it. And I think it's it's closer to the, the right side of things than, than the wrong. But uh, you've really just got to be like, well, it wasn't the right time for them, and fair enough. And, and still be open to later on having a conversation in person and not having that affect it. Just be like, 
How you doing? Love your work. Okay. Take care. Like Kitty Fett's another one. I've run into her at conventions. 100% sure she has me blocked on Facebook. But we always have a pleasant exchange. And I just try not to let any anxiety about what I might have done or said whatever at some point to offend her and just go, no, how you doing? Beautiful day, isn't it? All right, t- take care. It's never much more than pleasantries. But, uh, you know, and I, and I read too much. I'm like, my younger sister, it was her birthday today, uh, is a classic at this. Like, she'll go into a shopping center or buy something from a comic book shop. She used to, there was only two in Sydney, and one of them, she had to stop going because she was sure that the staff hated her. And when they would hand her things, they would give her a certain book. And she was like, oh, he really doesn't like me. And was it something I said? Or even a comment I'll make on her Facebook wall. She'll come back to me two days later and go, what did you mean by that? When it's a completely innocuous thing. Or it might even be a, an emoji react. And it's like, what was the subtext to that? What were you really trying to say? And I'm just like, wow, okay, you're really overthinking this. And then I'll go around and do exactly the same thing. Like with Kitty, I'm like... She did give me kind of a stern, worried look at one point when she was probably thinking about what she was going to have for lunch. So it's weird. I'll go through those emotions in one way. Like that's definitely a part of my neurosis. But then at least later on, I can go, you're being a fucking idiot. Completely cool person has tons of friends. So obviously I'm probably the one with the problem here. So there's that side of it as well. I can kind of, there, there is a, a certain part of me checking the craziness at least. And I've just got to be able to um, make sure that that part of me doesn't check out, so to speak. Because I know with, say, my mother, she must have been completely with it at some point. She got the law degree, had her chambers. I remember coming home from school once after a really weird test they gave us and being freaked out. And she was like, right, she's just being paranoid. And she was fucking with it. That was the last time I think I remember having a conversation with her. And it was probably year five. It was definitely year five, actually. God, what year was that? 1991 or something. I'd have to to do the maths. But basically, nearly 30 years ago. And she was completely switched on. I was like, dude, you're overreacting. It's just a silly test. Now let's go and do whatever we used to do. I don't know, hang out. That's kind of sad because it wasn't many years after that where she was kind of off the rails and it was very hard to have a reasonably normal conversation with her and that's kind of scary because that's a genetic thing and with the right triggers anyone can go there so that's probably one of my biggest fears is to lose and it's a slow gradual slippage probably into complete paranoia infused dementia basically where you don't trust anyone you look it over your shoulder all the time you're liable to go on like hour-long rants (laughs) And yeah, I'm not even halfway into an hour, so that's fine. Is it a good idea to start doing a weekly podcast where I basically rant for nearly an hour? Is that going to make things worse rather than what I like to think is some kind of a therapeutic thing? That's up for debate. See how we go. It might be an interesting study in dementia if you hear me over the next 50 years slowly descend into some nightmarish, jet-fueled, complete verbiage, vomitorium of chaos and nonsense so that could be a sad tale to tell given all the right influences and again back into exercise and having a healthy social life and not letting the haters get me down i think it should be okay keeping the mental stimuli up writing the article which i haven't done yet but hey i started i did at least one of the heroes 
the dude that started LibraryVox, regularly cool dude, I've already forgotten his name, I'm sure anyone that reads the article will also do so, but uh, Hugh Maguire, what a name, it's like a, is it the bad guy in a romantic novel, like one of those steamy romance novels, and there, from across the room, he looked at me with smouldering eyes, Hugh Maguire, tossed his foppish mane to the side, and strode towards me, never taking his eyes off me. Yeah, I can totally see that working. That's one of the things Sam wants to do, read out erotica. Like I said in that podcast, dude, that's a thing. Like, there is a lot of those. But hey, he might bring his own twist. I don't know how many are Australian, and he's got a bit of a listener base already. I might get a few over here, because that's how I find podcasts, uh, other than trending on, not iTunes, my, my app. It's, if I hear a good one that I like, they'll have a guest on, and that guest at the end will go... By the way, I have my own podcast. Just head on over and I'll subscribe. Eventually, I'll listen to it. And uh, so far, I haven't had to delete any. They've all been really good. So if I have anyone over here from the downside and you've made it this far, then welcome. And I'm really shocked uh, that you've made it this far. Again, I've mentioned this before. Another friend of mine don't do that. It's really annoying that you keep being so self-deprecating. But I'm... It's not purely out of like, it's not 100% just uh, fishing for compliments because no one's coming back to me on this. It's more of a, a genuine feeling of like, yeah, this is not the best work I could be doing. Like there's no preparation. I sit down, I just turn it on and roll. Because at this point I'm like, well, preparation would mean knowing what the podcast is about. And at this point I'm still discovering that. I've got plenty of time to work it out. I don't want to make it specifically just reading things off Reddit or history of Sydney or something like that because then I would reshape I'd want a new title and I'd start marketing it in that vein um, I've got a, at, at least at this point I'm pretty sure I want to make it still fairly personal and the whole audio diary type thing that I've heard mentioned before yeah that's probably got to be the meat of it and I can throw dressing around like reviews of movies I've just seen such as mile 22 with my best friend who just got back from New Zealand, Roni. Wow, that was a ride. It had the dude from The Raid, can't pronounce his name and completely forget. And uh, there's a twist. I'm not going to spoil it at this point. So just go out and watch it. If you like anything with reasonable amounts of violence, I think you'll have a good time. Roni did complain about the jump cutting. It does that thing where halfway through an action, they'll cut to another angle. So you never quite see a punch land you never see a kick go from the floor to the head in one scene, like it, in one take. It's always like, we need to see the leg come up from one angle, then we see it reach across the room <laughs> from another angle, then connect to the guy's face from a different angle, and it gets a little tiring. It didn't bother me at the time, but once he mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, they kind of did that. It wasn't quite as bad as Michael Bay in Transformers, but it was distracting enough for some people clearly we walked out of the cinema and someone in front of me was like that was the worst movie i've ever seen and i was like what that happens a lot to me though <laughs> like i love that movie what are they talking about because i had some really like amazing action set pieces it was it was kind of a cross between judge dread and uh the raid funnily enough i think it was definitely from that same school and the tension was high the performances were fairly on point other than maybe ronda rousey not being the greatest actress ever. I'm just going to have a drink because my throat is itchy. And Compy's back. She's having a go at the 
leftovers of my mac and cheese. So, enjoyable movie. I'll give it, if I have to give it a rating, out of 7, solid 4.9. So, that's, that's some solid 60 review for you right there. Mark Wahlberg at his crazy best. I was saying to Ronnie afterwards that, hey, he's basically the same character as Ben Affleck's in The Accountant, except instead of it all being internalised, the autism, it's it's basically he's a full-on hyper-aggressive extrovert. He still does the thing with the jigsaw puzzles without anything on them. It's just like a blank upside-down jigsaw puzzle that marks him out as, well, this guy's a bit different. He has to keep snapping that rubber band on his wrist to make sure he doesn't go crazy. And everyone, essentially, through the entire film, everyone on his team keeps calling him crazy. But he sure knows what to do when the chips are down. As much as he gives his teammates shit, like even just after he saves them, they're still his family and he'll do whatever it takes to get them out. To a degree, he does. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's a wild ride and some of them make it. That's all I'm going to say. So, recommend it. Go see it. Mile 22. Lots of action. God knows where it's set. Some kind of random Asian slash Latino looking third world country. That was a bit annoying. It was it was like clearly some of them were Indonesian. Some of them were from somewhere else like this big Samoan dude and it was like make up your mind it was a bit like uh, that James Marlon when the war began tomorrow when the war began something like that they were from some indistinguishable country unnamed Asian power just pick a name go with that don't jar us with this weird alternate reality where this country exists that isn't a real thing yeah otherwise a great film Uh, what else have I been watching Iron Fist I just watched again the I mentioned that before, the first half of it. It's strong. I'll keep watching it. I always do. And I don't think I'm going to be too bored. I might flick around online while I'm watching it, but whereas with Daredevil, I don't think I'd do that, and that's supposed to drop in late October. So really looking forward to that, because it's the daddy of the Marvel Netflix stuff. There's something called The Runaways. I'm really looking forward to seeing any of that, though I think it's on Amazon or Stan or one of those. Better so called The Season... The new season's come out, I think. Really want to watch that. The Ozarks, the next season's dropped, so I really, really want to watch that. We're running out of time. But of course, what I am watching, rather than those things, is uh, The Bachelor. Because old Karen's into it. She loves her trashy reality TV. And to be honest, when you're thrashing it back and forth online as you watch, it's kind of fun. It's like that junk food thing where you just can't stop eating as much as you know it's bad for you. Uh, yeah we had some fun making uh, light of the contestants and their lack of any awareness of the world outside them uh, their little weird gossiping goings on and the mean there's like the bullies and the airheads and you know the guy himself's a bit of a caricature of Aussie he's like there was one tweet I saw that was kind of sticking up for one of the girls that gets a lot of shit on her and the one I just watched had her finally leave and she clearly was, did not want to be there, but I think she was kind of hanging on just out of sheer ego. Uh, Vanessa Sunshine, and she she definitely made it clear that she had to have both names said every single I'm Vanessa Sunshine, I'm Vanessa Sunshine. Christ. Yeah, there was a bit of a backlash to the backlash on her, in the sense that, yeah, so she doesn't like the guy, so what? He's not that great. Imagine turning up, because she didn't have a great reaction when he she got out of the car and she's like, oh no. And a tweet essentially said, yeah, it's like opening the door and seeing your dad in the 80s. He has, he's got the curly hair 
the weird giant bushy moustache. He's like the solo man, essentially, but with crossed with Steve Irwin, crossed with Peter Russell Clark, crossed with, I don't know, Wally Lewis. It was just, he's like every ochre alpha male Australian character you've ever seen mixed into one. Yeah, got to mention Crocodile Dundee, bit of him as well. And to most of the time that's entertaining, but as some critics have said, there's not maybe a lot beyond that. All he says is awesome a lot, tells some cheesy jokes and makes them laugh, throws them around the room and they're happy. Uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more depth. I mean, at least it's not a cookie cutter clone of the other sort of marketing slash model types that have been on there. Not that I've really paid attention up till now. I think this is the only one where I've binged it from the first episode. So it might be affecting my reasoning a little bit. But yeah, I've been fully sucked into it. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I do hate myself for it, but hey, there's only, what, 10 more episodes and then it's all over. Until they do the Paradise episodes. Apparently that's a whole spin-off version where anyone that didn't get a chance first time gets another right go. As long as they... And it all feels very misogynistic, like him knocking back all these women and they're like heartbroken, even though they've known him for like an hour. That's always been hard to watch, but at least it goes both ways. Like they do have a bachelorette at some point. I think she'll be one of the contestants. That's how that usually works. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, it's one of the top three because I've already worked out. God, listen to me. (laughs) I hate myself so much. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who the top three or four will be at this point, even though there's like 15 left. And, uh, you know, one of them's named Shannon, and she's a blonde. And she likes football, and the other one's named Brooke. And guess what? She also likes football and burgers. But yeah, they're really down to earth. Maybe not. I don't know if it's them not being deep, or the format of the show and the way it's edited doesn't allow them to really be themselves or show other sides of their personality, because what they do include is a little bit on the nose and just really cheesy and cliched. But um, who knows? They might be really like intense artistic types underneath all that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. <laughs> it won't. All these people are just sitting there going, no, I don't care. It doesn't matter who's going to be the bachelorette. <laughs> but I've wasted so much time on the on this. I'm like, well, you know, at least if she doesn't make it, she can get on the bachelorette. With, and then it's like the Marvel Universe. At least each individual property is interesting enough on, to stand on its own. But when you combine them all together, oh my God, it makes it all so much more compelling. And you can kind of get away with that to a degree, even when the properties themselves aren't so great. Like Iron Fist was a bit of a a good example of it dropping the ball, but because of all the other stuff going on, you're like, well, I'm on board. I have to watch it just to know what's uh, not to miss anything. See, my nose is a little funny. Yeah, so it feels a bit like that, like I've been dragged in by hook or crook and I have to watch it. And so now part of me is like, well, I've already invested this much time. I might as well have some emotional investment in it as well and then give a shit about who The Bachelorette is and then care about who doesn't make it on her show and then they'll come back as a bit like it's nuts. Though in this case, he's not an ex-contestant. He um, obviously was a bit of a minor celebrity in his own right, even though it didn't appear like any of the women knew who he was. So I think he was a celebrity if you're a young football-obsessed guy that follows that world uh, beyond that uh, good luck I don't think they're going to start getting proper celebrities in suddenly but at least they went in a different direction for once so you got to give them that much and yeah there is some interesting people in there they've clearly chosen not because they think they'll be a match for him but 
just because it's going to be sparks flying in the mansion and you got to do that that's part of the fun I know there's a game there where you got to find his match but if they're almost exactly the same women because you think that's who he likes that's going to be a pretty boring show you're going to have the two or three that you think yeah he, he he's going to like them a couple of other ones where he's like yeah they're nice but it's not bring it up to 11 for me and then there's some real curveball wild cards that are just going to cause chaos in the house because that's what we want to see i don't really give a shit if he meets his match i'm not invested in his happiness i'm invested in that house turning into a fucking mental asylum basically and it just burning down in flames uh because they're all trying to stab each other in the eye with forks that's what we all really secretly want to see it's like going to a car race and yeah, you support this guy over that guy. But what you want to see is a huge pile-up and a bunch of flames and carnage. Well, at least, maybe that's just me. But from what I've seen out there online, I'm not alone. Anyway, we've, we're well into this. And uh, I think I've probably forgotten a few things. But And I'm surprised I got this far. I was like, I'm not going to even have five minutes. But here we go. We're at nearly an hour. We're not going to call it solid 60 for the 60 minutes. I can't make it 60 minutes. That's just be too painful for anyone, including myself. But we're close enough at this point, and so I'm going to call it, you know, the solid 60 part is about how many years we're going to do this. So, yeah, fingers crossed. That's another incentive to, again, stay healthy and uh, not just eat yum cha and noodles every day. Tomorrow, it's a new day. I will at some point have a sandwich with more than cheese and meat in it. That is my goal. I'm going to keep it simple, keep it achievable. You guys do that too. Have a great week. I'll see you around soon. I will be here. Yours truly, Patrick.